welcome to Hempstead's latest health and social care podcast. My name is Jill Baker and I've got Philippa Doyle with us today from our health and social care advisory team. Philippa is going to talk to us about some guidance the CQC has published on how to get the most out of inspections. Hello Philippa, how are you today? Good morning Jill, I'm very well thank you and thank you for asking me to speak in this podcast uh, about this new uh, excellent CQC guidance. It really does seem very helpful and I think it would be um, be good for the audience to sort of just if you could just talk through um, what this guidance actually is. Um, so it's a it's a it's a great piece of guidance it's called how to get the most out of inspection what a good inspection looks and feels like um, so there's been a number of organizations that have inputted with the CQC into producing the guidance so inspectors trade associations stakeholders have all been involved um, so that everybody on both sides so that's the inspectors and also those providers who are being inspected um, know what should happen both before, during and after an inspection. It's a really easy read document. It's only uh, five pages long um, and it shows exactly um, what you can expect and what should happen um, from beginning to end. That does sound helpful and um, thanks for sort of explaining that and I'm sure the audience will be quite pleased to hear that it's just five pages long, that it's not, it's not sort of a massive tone that they need to get through. Um, so just taking that a little bit further, I mean, what, what benefits are there to the providers than actually having this guidance? So having the CQC come to inspect is always going to be daunting, whether you're the biggest foundation trust in the country or the smallest uh, care home. Um, it's always a big deal because you always want to strive to do your best and ensure that the CQC inspector sees you at your best as well. And we all know in any kind of exam type situation um, that you come away from it thinking perhaps I didn't perform to the best of my abilities. So this guidance really aims at, at setting everybody um, at ease from the outset. Um, so when you get the first request coming through from the CQC to provide um, information about the organisation, um, you are, are ready, able and prepared to share that information and share what information that the CQC um, need to know about you in advance. Um, that when the inspector does turn up um, on the day of inspection, that everybody introduces themselves, that communication is really key, um, that everybody knows what to expect, what their role is on the day, um, who the key contacts are, um, whether there's going to be kind of um, sort of catch ups throughout the day or whether everything will be left to the feedback session at the end of the day, agree who's going to be involved in the feedback um, and, and generally work together rather than it feeling like that exam type situation, that actually it's a, it's a collaborative process um, where you're just working together and the, the CQC are there obviously on a fact-finding mission and for the provider it's about showcasing their service um, and you know being able to demonstrate to the CQC you know how well they know their residents how well they know their service and what they do really really well um, and and this is the bet that you know that real kind of opportunity 
to the things that the provider might take for granted as being normal day-to-day stuff, that they can really, you know, accentuate that to the inspector and say, look, you know, we, we do all the basic stuff and we know what we're doing, but, you know, look how great we are at doing X, Y and Z as well. That's really helpful, Philippa. And I think the, the, the sort of key points that's coming across to me really is that um, this is an opportunity. You know, when you actually have the CQC coming in, it's an opportunity, and and it's really a lot about communication, communication with the staff beforehand, and obviously the sort of communication with the CQC themselves when they're when they're there. But looking at the other side, I mean, what what should social care providers do if their inspection doesn't seem to follow this guidance, and and how can Hempson's help in those type of situations? Well, I think what the guidance does is it, it really sets out on those on those five pages um, what the expectations are from both sides. Um, so e- each page will say what both parties would do, what the CQC should do, what the provider should do. So if you find when you're going through your, ex- your inspection that actually what you've experienced doesn't mirror what's set out in this guidance, um, then you need you need to stand up and say something about it um and the cqc recognize that and they invite that as well there, there's a there's a separate complaints process that's very separate to the inspection factual accuracy check process that everybody is used to um and regrettably you do get rogue inspectors you do get people who don't follow the process or, or who come in with a particular mindset um or they're they're trying to find a problem rather than looking at um, the service as a whole in a, in a more holistic way. And so if you get those rogue situations, which unfortunately do occur from time to time, then CQC want to know about them. Um, I've written before on the subject of who regulates the regulator, and effectively that's the providers, that the regulator is only really going to find out if they've got an inspector that's not doing things by the book, if you as a provider stand up and, and say something. So, I mean, unfortunately, we only hear about the, the bad cases. We only have people contact us when things go wrong. We, we rarely have somebody ring up and say, oh, I've, I've had an amazing in- inspection experience because, you know, you don't need to in- involve your lawyers in those. Um, but when things do go wrong, you know, even, even while the inspector's still there, if you're not happy with the process, um, then put a complaint in, you know, say something straight away. Because particularly if you're a service where an inspector might need to come back for a second day, um, it might be appropriate that the whole process gets halted. Um, so you can do that yourself. You can, you can launch a, a complaint yourself. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't need lawyers to get involved. Um, but regrettably, we have found that sometimes in, in those more serious cases, the only way that you can get an, an inspection paused or you can get a change of inspector in a process um, is if lawyers have got involved and the, the correspondence going into the CQC is, is on legal letterhead rather than, than from yourselves. Um, but certainly our experience in the past has been that um, we've had inspections halted, um, we've had changes of inspectors, um, we've had sort of fairly early reinspections as well where a process hasn't gone uh, to plan. And and having this guidance really gives both CQC um, and the provider something really key to focus on and to point to, to say, well, you know, you've said, uh, for example, that a positive inspection experience, good communication is key, that the CQC feedback should be given throughout the day and any immediate risks explained straight away. 
Now, if you as a provider are left feeling like you don't know what's going on during the inspection or you don't get any feedback, um, then that's something that you can point to straight away to say, well, hang on a minute, you said you were going to do this and you haven't done. You haven't given us any feedback at all as to, you know, what's gone on during the inspection. Um, and, you know, that's leaving us feeling very uncomfortable um, and like you're not following, you know, your own processes. Um, so we want to challenge you on that. Um, and this is that that perfect opportunity to do that. I think that's um, that's really helpful, actually. And I think that's a really good, a really good example to show to our listeners about what a practical piece of guidance this is, that within those five pages, there's things that they can actually draw on to talk to the inspectors about if they're not feeling happy as they as they sort of go through the process. Um, thank you, Philippa. I think that was, um, as I said, a very helpful way of the providers themselves realising that they are part of this process, the CQC want them to communicate back with them and, um, and to make the most of the opportunity and when it's not going according to plan, they, they, do, have, um, they do have certain rights and they do have certain things they can do and I, and I think certainly from their point of view, hopefully without having to get the involvement of, um, of solicitors like Hempton's. Absolutely, I mean and one thing I would say is that actually, you know, have a look at this guidance um, but also get um, get all your staff to have a look at it as well. Um, make it a bit of a, a training talking point within the organisation. Um, get them to see what's involved um, in an inspection, particularly those that have maybe not been through the inspection process yet, so that everybody, um, because everybody has to be available to the CQC. So you know you, your cleaning and support staff, um, frontline carers senior managers, everybody knows um, what the basics are that are involved in an, in an inspection. Um, and when you get to the day of inspection, you know, have a copy of this guidance available to you and, and, and remind yourself um, what should happen during the course of the day. And if it gets to lunchtime and you feel like that the guidance, that the inspection isn't following the guidance, um, then take stock straight away and, you know, and, 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 and approach your inspector and, and say to them, look, you know, I've got this guidance that says that X, Y, and Z is supposed to happen. And I don't feel like this is the way that our inspection's going. Um, so, that, you know, don't, don't wait. Don't wait right till the end. Don't wait until you get your draft inspection report and then feel really aggrieved because, you know, you don't feel that it's representative of your service. Um, strike while the iron's hot. Say something at that lunchtime break. Say something at the end of the first day. Um, but do speak up and do say something because that's really how how voices are heard um, and how the process and 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 the systems and and the inspection reports themselves are shaped. Yeah, I think that's a really sort of helpful point, hopefully for sort of providers out there. And I think it would give confidence to everybody working within within this sort of arena that um, they're all part of this. And they've all got the opportunity to speak up and they can all have a look in advance, um, you know, just as the guidance says, um, you know, how to get the most out of inspections. It's, it's very much that it's a very practical, very practical guide. Mm. Thank you, Philippa. That was really helpful. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, well, the only other thing that I would add, of course, Jill, is that Hemsons offer a free social care advice line. Um, so if providers do get to lunchtime or the end of the first day and think this isn't going to plan, I don't really know what to do or, or how to express my concerns, 
um, then do pick the phone up to us um, and we can have that free initial kind of 15, 20 minute chat um, and guide you through whether we think what's happened during the day has been appropriate or whether actually there is something that you need to, to make some noise about. Um, and we can then have that discussion with you as to whether we support you to do that or point you in the right direction of, of doing that um, yourselves. Thank you. That's a really good point. And I mean, if anybody does want to know any more about our helpline or find Philippa's contact details or find a little bit more about how we can actually work with um, with providers, then just please go down to our website at www.hempsons.co.uk. So finally, I would just like to say that this podcast includes opinions and interpretation which we consider is correct at the time of recording, um, but you should always seek legal advice on your own particular situation. Thanks, Philippa. Thank you.